What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast, the only daily NFL podcast on the Internet. I'm Will Brinson. I am your host, and uh, we're thrilled that we are now through two weeks of the preseason, heading into the third week of the preseason, and the shows, the nights, the days, they're getting longer, and so are the shows. Um, the <laughs> Monday show with Sean Wagner and John Breach, I think ended up being like 50 plus minutes, which I get that we said it was going to be 30 minutes and, um, I promise that the show will only be 30 minutes. That, that's probably not going to happen, um, in the season. Now look, you know, Wednesday show, maybe it'll be in that range and we're going to shoot to keep it. The goal is to keep it concise and keep it informative, not have me ramble all, uh, all show long about how long the show is. Maybe, um, you get the point. So we're, you know, we, we want to package it neatly, make it smart. It's the, the time limit thing is probably just my bosses trying to make me uh, keep my bleep together. So we're going to keep trying to do that. Today's show, Brian McFadden. But if you like the longer show, let me know because I can always show that to my bosses. Also, if you like the show in general, subscribe, uh, unsubscribe, and then resubscribe. Leave a review on iTunes. I don't know if you have, I've seen another show doing that. I've heard, I listen to another show that's doing that. And it's, it's, they're always higher in iTunes. So I don't know if you want to fire away. Um, thanks for listening. However you do it. Thanks for subscribing. Tell your friends, go to parties, subscribe them, rate, review, uh, negative. Re- you know what? Somebody pointed out negative reviews are good too. Whatever. We'll take anything good. Any press is, uh, all press is good press. Um, some news and notes before we get to Bryant McFadden and we break down preseason action. One, the fantasy league is a go. If you, if, if you're one of the first like 600 people to text, tweet, uh, or, or let me know, um, I sent the email out on, on Monday night. Should have those things rolling. We'll try not to talk about it every show, uh, and mock my, mock my picks, but, uh, we're going that. If for some reason I missed your invite, let me know. I am dreadfully sorry. I cannot believe I'm managing a 900 person fantasy league. Um, but excited for it. It's happening. Uh, you can still sign up for the Pick Six Podcast Pick'em League, Pick Six dot com, uh, or go to my Twitter page at Will Brinson, and there's a link for it there. Would you like a giant, brand new, super technology, uh, super advanced technology? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not smart with this stuff. Uh, would you like a brand new television? Because we're gonna we're giving away a brand new television. Um, not the podcast per se, but CBSSports.com has teamed up with CNET to give away a new 65-inch LG TV before football season. And I would love nothing better than for one of the Pick 6 podcast listeners to be the person who wins it. Um, this TV, according to smart television people at CNET, is like no TV you've ever seen. It is thinner than a pencil and only weighs 18 pounds. My annoying dog, George, who will probably start barking at the thunderstorm in the middle of this podcast, weighs more than that, I think. If you want to enter to win this TV, go to cbssports.com backslash kickoff sweeps kickoff backslash kickoff sweeps and fill out the form at the bottom of the article. You have to be subscribed to some newsletters to win the article. Um, but if you fill out the form, you get one entry. If you share it with your friends, you get five more entries, uh, follow CBS sports and NFL on CBS and CNET on different, um, social media platforms and you get a- an extra entry there. So go to CBS backslash kickoff sweeps and get yourself a TV. 
and then you can invite me over. We'll drink beer. We'll watch football. And, uh, and I'll be like, man, why is your TV so much nicer than mine when I do this for a living? To the news. The Ravens and Colts played, Ravens and Colts played a football game on Monday night. It was not a scorcher. 20 to 19. The Ravens won the final game of the preseason. The Monday night crew's been pretty good, right? I, like, I, I really like Joe Tessitore and always have liked Joe Tess. So having him on Monday night has been a treat. Jason Witten to me, and I tweeted this, sounds too much like Todd McShay. And he's, he's, it sounds like his volume is turned down from, from, from Tessa's. And so it sounds a little off. And then Booger McFarland is down in this weird contraption by the sideline. Uh, I, I like the crew. I think they'll eventually be good, but certainly they need to get the, the more reps, the better for these guys. Um, in the, in terms of the on in-game action, the Colts threw the ball 40 times in this game, 23 times by my man, Jacoby Brissett, who had an 84 passer rating. 14 of 23, 172 yards. I thought he looked pretty good. I think he's a starting caliber quarterback. He's probably going to be an Indy all year because they're worried Andrew Luck's arm will just fall off. Uh, Luck went 6 of 13 for 50 yards and a horrible pick in the red zone. 24.5 quarterback rating. Yeesh. But um, to those that, that rode the Andrew Luck most passing yards train, this is a good sign. This game was a very good sign for us because they threw the ball a bunch. Colts defense wasn't great. And I don't think they have a run game. They gave Jordan Wilkins seven carries. Christine Michael got seven carries. Naheem Hines, five carries for 12 yards. Naheem has got to clean up this, this, uh, fumbling issue on these kickoff returns and the, and the punt returns. It's going to be a problem. It's going to keep him off the field. Uh, I've been hyping him as a guy you drafted in, uh, in, in PPR leagues. I'm not saying don't draft him, but wait as long as you can because if he can't, if he can't stop fumbling on kickoffs, he's not going to get touches. Um, he did end up, uh, catching, uh, one ball for nine yards on, on two targets. He's an explosive player. If he gets the reps, he'll, he'll put up big numbers, but these fumbles are a major problem. Um, Jack Doyle, four, four targets, two catches, notable. Jordan Wilkins, two targets, two catches, 17 yards. Eric Ebron, four targets, four catches, 16 yards. That's not a great average, <laughs> but, uh, I like, look, the Colts have We'll see how this goes. Week three is more important for Andrew Luck than week two, but he was out there playing, just didn't look great. Still knocking off the rust. Joe Flacco looked pretty good, though. If you rode that Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl Ravens bet, you're loving that pass to Smokey John Brown in the back of the end zone. Um, great throw by Flacco. Great catch by John Brown. Kenneth Dixon had four targets, three catches, 24 yards. Hayden Hurst, one catch, 15 yards on two targets. Can you hear the thunder in the background? I don't know. Um, huge storms here. And then John Brown, two targets, one catch, seven yards, a touchdown in the back of the end zone. Lamar Jackson had a nice little touchdown pass himself. Didn't look very sharp. He's still coming together. Uh, and Robert Griffin the third, six of eight for 31 yards and should have had a touchdown, but the third string, uh, quarterback got hosed when, uh, when a receiver dropped a ball in the end zone. You, do you guys want my power rankings for, for quarterbacks the, the Jaguars should trade for? One Jacoby Brissett, two Teddy Bridgewater, three Robert Griffin the third. Just to just to mess with these Jaguars fans who've been in my mentions all friggin' day long. My goodness, people, get a life. Um elsewhere, Adrian Peterson has signed with the Redskins and is official. I like the signing, uh, but I'm a desperate man at the end of his rope with these Redskins and their rushing attack. I think it'll be pretty good. Uh Bill's rookie Josh Allen worked out. He's working out with the first team, and according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, will be starting for Buffalo in week three of the preseason. If he plays at an even remotely competent level, and we talk about this with 
Bnac in a second, uh, he's probably going to start. They're going to check out the, uh, I think they have a meeting on Wednesday to discuss the helmet rule. We'll talk about that more with Bmac too. Don't you worry about that. Um, uh, Leonard Floyd, hand surgery, fractured his hand, might play in week one. Not great. John, I love this headline. John Ryan gets cut months after telling Seahawks GM he'd make him look, quote, dumb for trading up for a punter. Whoops. Yeah, maybe do that. Uh, Baker Mayfield, will he get first team reps? No, 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 says Hugh Jackson. They really just don't want to give Baker Mayfield first team reps. Um, right tackle Rob Havenstein, Steen, Rob Havenstein of the, uh, the Rams. I, I suck at pronouncing names. Got <laughs> a contract extension. Sean Wagner McGuff points out in his headline that, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Aaron Donald's still no contract. The Rams are handing out money to everybody. Maybe I should do a, uh, a power rankings of players that the Rams have signed, um, the not named Aaron Donald. And, uh, at least two teams reportedly expressed interest in Teddy Bridgewater. Do you want to know who those teams are? I can, I can tell you, I guess. Um, I actually don't know. Manish Mehta of this, uh, the New York Daily News reports it, but it's Miami, the Dolphins, and New England. Those are actually two of the, uh, two of the teams on my list that were pretty high. Uh, they're not trading him in the division. Why would they do that? That would be crazy. And well, actually Miami or Buffalo would make sense because then you would be taking away an asset from a team that's probably not going to win now. And you just get burnt if Teddy Bridgewater is good. Send him to Buffalo. Let him go. To, uh, Buffalo doesn't want him, but, um, you don't want Teddy Bridgewater to become the next great quarterback in your own division. That, that's, that ends poorly for the, uh, for the New York Jets. Um, that's all. That's the news, man. So, uh, let's go talk to CBS Sports HQ's Brian McFadden. And if you're wondering what CBS Sports HQ is, it's a live streaming video service with up to the minute news, highlights, analysis, fantasy advice, gambling advice. You miss Nick Costos on this podcast? CBS Sports HQ is your Nick Costos. He's on every night at 5 p.m. It's crazy. He's on from like 5 p.m. till 3 a.m. He's the face of our franchise and his little sidekick, Pete Prisco, is there with him too. Uh, anyway, frankly, it's the perfect recipe of sports. Watch it. You'll be a smarter sports fan. That's the goal. No nonsense, just to make you smarter. And you can watch it free on any connected device, phone, computer, Roku, Apple, PlayStation, Xbox, you name it. CBS Sports HQ is likely on it. I'm on it. Brian McFadden's on it. Never miss a big moment. Always know the smart angle on sports. Check out CBS Sports HQ. Let's go talk to Brian McFadden. All right, BMAC, another Tuesday, another excellent show. Looking forward to uh, breaking down some preseason football. We're heading into week three. From, uh, um, from like, your perspective, having played for a long time, how seriously do you take week weeks one and two of the preseason if you're an established veteran? Well, you still take it, you know, to heart. And I say that based on being able to continue to get better. Uh, fine tune your craft, uh, using this opportunities. Granted, it's going to be a small, small opportunity playing week one. If you do play week one in the preseason, then of course you may play a few series in week two, but you want to show, uh, the team, you want to show the organization, your teammates that as an individual, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And not to mention you're working with the starters because eventually the season will kick off. And I think that the most important thing about preseason football to vets to establish starters for the guys that are participating you need to find a way to establish that rhythm so you already have that in place uh for week one yeah so like you're already locked into your job you know you're the starting cornerback for the Steelers 
you know, you're not fighting, you know, you know who the secondary is, right? Everything like back to 08 and all that. I mean, this is about trying to like, it really is about trying to find that rhythm, right? Where you, you know, like, all right, Monday, this Tuesday, this, all right, our game is here. We're doing this. This is my routine. I'm getting ready for the season, right? Oh, no question. No question. Because even though you're a starter, you do not want to go out and participate in the preseason and put bad film mm. out there. Anytime you put bad film out there, you have to be able to own it, embrace it, and make it right. And that's something Mike Tomlin used to emphasize to us throughout the preseason. If you put bad film out there as far as bad technique, as far as not finishing drills, as, as far as having issues covering certain routes, certain wide receivers, or as far as tackling, you know, filling the gap, filling the, being a contained player, you better believe you will see some of these things throughout the course of the season. So as when you're a starter, any moment you're out there on the football field, that's an opportunity for opposing teams to scout you, the good and the bad. And you must realize that and and, and not allow that to, to be a crutch and give them something to lean on as far as preparing for you. The standard is the standard. Yes, as, sir. The standard is the standard. <laughs> as Mike Tomlin likes to say. Now I'm like, now I'm trying to like look up and see, is Mike Tomlin the second, third longest tenured head coach, right? I mean, God, mm-hmm. he's been there since, oh no, he's four, no, sorry, he's fifth now, uh, behind Mike McCarthy, Sean Payton, Marvin Lewis, and Bill Belichick. It's crazy to think that he's been there since 2007. Big year for the Steelers coming up. Um, back in, uh, Back in 2007, I think John, was John Gruden still working in the NFL or was he, you know, he was, <laughs> exactly, he, right. no, he was in the ESPN. I'm, I'm curious. Do you think it, cause like Tomlin's been there forever. So he's established and, and everybody who comes in knows that he's the coach. Do you think that it's going to, do you think it's going to be a problem for John Gruden with these Raiders players, whether it's like bringing Donald Penn takes a haircut and then has to move to right tackle for a rookie at left tackle? Um, I mean, is it going to be a problem for this guy who hadn't been in football? for 10 years to show back up and just start ordering people around when they know he's got a 10 year, hundred million dollar contract. I mean, does that, how does that sit with you as a player? I don't think it's going to be a problem. And here's why the contract that he signed clearly states he's going to be there for quite some time. And if you're a player, if, if you're a player within that organization, you know, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. So therefore you cannot, create bad blood because he's going to be he's going to have the final say so regardless if you want him to do so or not and not to mention the respect that he has yes he has at least one championship he's he does not have the bill belichick resume but i believe he has that bill belichick respect Mm, that's a good point as a player you know if you go into a situation with a lame duck coach you might be willing to say Come on, like, like I'm not gonna listen to the, like this guy. He's this guy's yeah. this guy's getting fired before my contract's up. You're not like most dudes aren't gonna be in the league by the time John Gruden stops getting paid by the Raiders, whether he's with Oakland or not. So excellent, uh, excellent point on his contract. Let's talk about some of this preseason action. We covered it a little bit um, on the Monday show with uh, with John Breach and, and Sean Wagner, but I'm curious your thoughts on some of these young quarterbacks that we saw you and I have not talked since the week one action um so let's go back over those guys the 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 big game at least in terms of rookie quarterbacks uh was on Friday night between the Bills and the Browns Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen I thought both guys looked really good and Baker Mayfield the thing that impresses me the most about him BMAC is that he just like Drew Brees and just like Russell Wilson if we're gonna talk about short quarterbacks has the sort of pocket movement in terms of horizontal, 
um, you know, sliding in the pocket with those quick feet to be able to find the throwing lanes that might not be available to someone. Um, you know, the, he, he can't just throw over everybody and he's able to, he's clearly able to find those throwing lanes, which is just really impressive for a guy, um, that's, that's a rookie in this preseason. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Will. and also too, you can tell Baker Mayfield is a quarterback. He's been playing quarterback his entire life. And I think the experience he has as far as, you know, staying in college, not leaving early, getting all the reps, getting all the experience is really showing right now because a lot of quarterbacks with his measurables have issues in the pocket. The first thing they do when they go through their number one progression or their second progression is do what? Run. Mm. Run. But this is a kid in Baker Mayfield that continues to keep his shoulder uh, to the line of scrimmage because he's trying to make a play with his arm and running is his last result. So his ability to move in the pocket, uh, his technique has been pretty good. His fundamentals has been pretty good. And he has the ability to get out of the technique format and still make a play. Quarterbacks need to have that. So far, I've been pleased with Baker also. But the issue with Baker and one reason I believe he will not be the week one starter is that Tyrod Taylor isn't dropping the ball. Mm. Granted, he didn't play a lot, didn't have a lot of attempts, but he did nothing to lose or put heat on his starting job right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, here's I keep everybody keeps saying, have you seen Baker? He looks great. Like he should be the starter. And I don't disagree that Baker, in a different scenario, could be a, a week one starter and that he'd be ready to go. He's older as, as terms of a a prospect coming out of college. Like he's um, he's already twenty three because he played, you know, he transferred and he uh, played his entire college career at Oklahoma. And you know, he didn't leave. Like Sam Darnold has been playing quarterback for three years. You know, he played like three years in high school and then two years at, at USC. So he, you know, less than half a decade of quarterbacking at a pretty high level. But for Baker, the thing for me is that if you're the Browns and you start Baker in week one and the team stinks, then everybody flips out. Um, and, and you have to like bench the rookie, the number one overall pick for Tyrod Taylor to try and win some games. Whereas if you start Tyrod Taylor in week one and the team stinks, you just be like, well, I guess Tyrod wasn't ready for the stage and you go with Baker. I, I just think Tyrod gives them, you got to go Tyrod through like eight games, or excuse me, Tyrod. I came up, I, I messed up. I don't know if you yeah. saw, you saw this, right? They ruled that his name is not Tyrod. It's Tyrod. They, they changed. Really? They ruled on it. The Browns ruled that, uh, the, the Tyrod wants, that's how he wants his name pronounced. Tyrod. Tyrod. I thought it was always Tyrod. Everybody did. Even, even Tyrod thought it was Tyrod and now it's Tyrod. <laughs> that's going to take some time, Will. Uh, I have 100% chance I won't get it right until 2025 at least. Um, <laughs> yeah, but if you go with Tyrod to start the season and you get through six, eight, ten games, whatever it is, and you're three and seven, then pull the string and go with Baker and exactly. see what he can do yes, on the stretch. Yes, yes, yes. I, I like that logic, but I think right now this is a team that has a lot of excitement behind them, especially with Josh Gordon announcing he is returning. We know the crowd, the fans, they want Baker in there, but week one, that week one matchup is a heavy hitter for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And do you really want to force a young Baker Mayfield, who we believe is the franchise, into that line of fire week one. No, let me let let Tyrod do what he's been doing so far as being a quality quarterback, a good guy that can manage the system, make timely throws. And not to mention his experience is going to be huge because I do not want a rookie quarterback week one playing against Big Ben. 
Right. And let's not, I mean, look, the, the Browns were not a zero. I mean, the Browns did win zero games last year, but they were not a zero win team insofar as talent and what they put on the field and the games they were close in. They, I mean, that, that's a team that should have won five games or four games or three games or whatever it was. They were close in a lot of games. Uh, and, and the things that cost them were huge turnovers, turnover. Yeah. Hugh yep. Jackson having too much on his plate, making mistakes in terms of play calling because he didn't have an offensive coordinator and turnovers. Deshaun Kaiser led the NFL in interceptions last year. He led the NFL in interceptions inside the red zone. He led the NFL in interceptions inside the 10 yard line. I mean, if you have a right, if you have a rookie quarterback and I don't even blame Deshaun Kaiser for this, he was in a bad situation being yo-yoed back and forth. If you have a, if you have a rookie quarterback who's Coughing, the, he gave up four, he threw four picks inside the 10 last year. I mean, that's basically, that's, ba- I mean, that's like two wins. I mean, that's four, that's four freaking touchdowns that you want to come away with. Six inside the red zone and 22 and all, I think. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, you can't win like that, right? Exactly. You cannot. No question. No um, question. Yeah. So that's why you go with Tarod. 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 And you, and you keep him from, you, you bring in a guy who doesn't turn the ball over. You play it safe. You try and let your defense win some games. You run the ball with Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb. And you try and just kind of grind out some close games, maybe against the Steelers in week one. You keep it close. Even if you lose, people are excited. Uh, what about Josh Allen, though? He's going to be taking reps, uh, the Sean McDermott confirmed on Monday morning, with the number ones in Buffalo. A.J. McCarron's going to miss some time with a broken collarbone. I would assume that's weeks, if not months. And A.J. McCarron may have just lost his shot at a starting job. Um, is it insane to throw Josh Allen, who has looked good in the preseason but is raw, into a schedule that features the Ravens on the road in week one, the Chargers at home in week two, the Vikings on the road in week three, and the Packers on the road in week four? That's four tough games, BMAC. Yeah. Uh, could be unfair, but they have no <laughs> other choice, right? Yeah. AJ McCarron was the best the toughest competitor for Josh Allen because of the experience, because AJ has played in meaningful ball games, regular season playoffs. And, you know, until a week ago against the Browns, he played pretty good football. So I think that was the biggest, I guess, wall in front of Josh Allen as far as earning that starting job was AJ McCarron. Now AJ McCarron is out for a few weeks, right? So yep. it's safe to say he will not participate. AJ McCarron would not participate anymore. In the preseason. So you mean to tell me your franchise, potential franchise quarterback in Josh Allen, a high round pick, cannot beat out Nathan Peterman and not taking anything from Nathan Peterman. Uh, I think potentially, you know, I see him more as a career backup. Uh, in my opinion, I think the Bills fans see him in that same light. So therefore, hearing that now. Josh Allen will take reps with the first team to date. They're giving him the red carpet treatment to be able to solidify the starting job. So no question early in the season, uh, you say they play Buffalo week one. It's safe to say that Josh Allen will be the starting quarterback week one. I don't see him losing, getting beat out by Nathan Peterman, in my opinion. I don't see that happening. And doesn't it say something, too, to your team if you – draft a guy in the first round and then they're like, well, we're going to go with Nathan Peterman. I mean, like, like these vets, I mean, the guy, guys like Lorenzo Alexander, who's, who's been around this league for a decade plus, um, you know, is saying Allen's got the stuff. I mean, when these veterans are saying that, how much, 
how much how much attention do you pay to that when veterans like that are praising a rookie quarterback in the preseason? I pay a lot a lot of attention to that because they see this kid every day. They see the player every day. So they get a chance to go against them. Uh you know, Alexander has seen a lot of quarterbacks in his career. He's played pretty good football, played against a lot of tough quarterbacks. So being able to see Josh Allen week in and week out, day by day, and seeing this this guy uh progress and develop means a lot. So yes, when you hear teammates or opposing players, you know, applaud applaud opposite I mean opposing young quarterbacks like we saw Josh Norman you know gave praise to Sam Darnold a week ago when they had their joint practices you really take that you take that and run with it you know because that means a lot because these guys are smart they've seen a lot of football throughout their day so that means a lot and I think the Bills also respect that too and Josh Allen has to really I guess be excited to hear that the vets are seeing him do good things. And that's another reason why I believe he will be the starting quarterback. Uh, this is a big opportunity for them. And the reason why also listeners and Will, they're announcing that Josh Allen will take reps with the ones today because week three of the preseason is the most important week because this is the first time you will game plan for the opposing players. I mean, for the opposing team and players. So now Josh Allen is going through a game plan week. So this is the best ideal replication of a week one or a week two in the regular season because he's getting his game plan he's getting the playlist he's getting the call sheets he's getting every defensive formation as far as situational football as far as in the red zone as far as third down as far as second and long what these opposing defenses like to run he gets an opportunity to dissect the film from a year ago not to mention to dissect the film for the first two weeks of the preseason so this is the best way to get your young quarterback ready for what he will go through as far as week of preparation and also game day week three of the preseason so you better believe he will take in my opinion they're trying to give this uh, give josh allen every resource to be comfortable i see him taking every every day this week will i see him getting first team reps every day this week well and too like you talk about that i mean if you're trying to simulate what a regular season game is there's and there's there's only one chance you really get right like during the during the entire off season preseason whatever it is and that's week three of the preseason yep. because so the Bills are going to play the Bengals in in Buffalo on Sunday 4 p.m. game it will be the only game on at that time it is nationally televised on Fox and then Sunday night there's no Monday game Sunday night football features the Cardinals and uh and, and Cowboys. So if you're, if you're Sean McDermott and you're Brandon Bean and you're the Buffalo coaching staff, you realize that you can put him out there, um, Josh Allen that is, you can play him against the Bengals starters. And if he plays well in that first half after a full week of prep, then not only do you feel comfortable putting him out there in week one, but the fans feel, com- you know, everybody, everybody feels comfortable with it. Everybody's enthused. You get people rallying around you. Maybe the Bills aren't going to be a seven or eight or nine win team. But if, I mean, for these teams like the Bills and the Jets and the Browns, if, if you show some progress and the rookie quarterback looks good, same with the Cardinals too, that's all that ultimately matters, right? I mean, like at yeah. the end of the day, that's a, that's a win for the season if that happens. I mean, you draft these young quarterbacks. All these guys were high around draft picks because that team needed to address the quarterback position and fans they're excited about these young quarterbacks and they all are hopeful that's the thing about the preseason i know some people say preseason does not matter it matters to fans because jets fans are excited about sam 
the Bills fans are excited about Josh because you know what? They're like, oh, throughout the entire offseason, leading up to the preseason, if you're a fan of any of these teams we're talking about with these young quarterbacks, you're biting your nails because you are hoping they live up to the expectations or look pretty good. So, so far, you know, I would say all these fan bases with these young quarterbacks are pretty excited about the young potential quarterback. And now it's just about waiting to see who gets into the starting lineup first and how will they handle that job. Yeah, elsewhere in the AFC East, too, there's another situation unfolding. I actually, uh, for Monday, this is Tuesday's show, but for Monday, you can check it out on CBSSports.com. I ranked all 32 teams as possible landing spots for Teddy Bridgewater in a trade, which is is sort of serious, but sort of tongue-in-cheek. Like, the Jets were 32 because they already have him, and the Vikings were 31 because they already had him before. Um, how do you see the Jets shaking out? How do you see the Jets quarterback situ- situation wow. shaking out, and what would you do if you were Mike McCagnan and the Jets GM, would you, you know, there's a lot of, this is like the, you remember, you're, we're about, we're about the same age. You remember choose your own adventure, right? Like the, yeah. like this is a, this is a Mike McCagnan choose your own adventure. And <laughs> would you, would you trade Teddy Bridgewater and keep Josh McCown and start Sam Darnold? Would you, um, trade <clears throat> Josh McCown and keep Teddy Bridgewater? What, how would you, how would you, how would you handle it if you were, uh, Mike <laughs> McCagnan? Woo. Yeah. Well, in my opinion with the Jets. It's a good problem, know, to, good problem to it's have. It's a good problem to have, especially based on the inability from the Jets to have any, any quality play at the quarterback position. They have all three guys lined up. Sam Darnold will be a week one starter in my opinion. I think so. Now the big question is, who do you rather have at the backup position? Because that backup quarterback is important because there's a good chance Sam Darnold may not be able to handle and weather the storm. Mm. So your backup quarterback has to be able to give you an opportunity to win a ball game. And Teddy Bridgewater, so far this preseason, he's looked pretty good. We have yet to see Josh McCown, but based on what he did a year ago, you should be comfortable if Josh McCown is your backup quarterback. But me personally, how to determine who will be on this roster or who will be off this roster is based on who can provide more for you? And I'm not saying saying that as far as participating. I'm saying that as far as getting something in return. If I can trade Teddy Bridgewater and get more for him than Josh McCown, I think that is the guy that will be moved. Or if I can trade Josh McCown and get more for him than Teddy, then you trade Josh McCown. But the issue also have, too, and this is a very, very important week for me when you dissect this quarterback uh, 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 situation there with the Jets. We have yet to see Josh McCown take a snap. Mm. Right? Yep. And my personal opinion, listeners and Will, I think that was determined based on how well Teddy Bridgewater played in week one of the preseason. Because I knew Josh would not participate in week one. I knew that. I felt like Teddy Bridgewater needed week one to really show, number one, he's healthy, mentally and physically. He has confidence in his knee. And number two, he still can play good football. And I think when Teddy Bridgewater played as well as he did week one, they needed to see that again from him. And therefore, that kind of pushed McCown out of any consideration as far as getting reps in the preseason. I mean, week one of the preseason, Teddy Bridgewater only had one incompletion, touchdown, 85 yards, small sample size, but very, very efficient. He completed under under 90% of his pass. This past week, right under 70% of his passes. 
So now when you saw how he played and me personally, I wanted to see him again play a lot in week two to see if can he continue this trend and he did. So now what happens if Josh McCown does not play again this week? Because usually, Will, fans, your starter, and we're talking about superstars for the most part, especially the quarterback position, they play. Like we saw Aaron Rodgers play this past week against the Steelers, right? We saw Tom Brady play a lot this past week against the Philadelphia Eagles. We we even saw Nick Foles lace up his cleats. (laughs) So starting quarterbacks, superstar players that have great job security, they always take snaps at least. What happens if Josh McCown don't take a snap in week three? And if that happens, if we see Josh McCown not take a snap in week three, I think he is the odd man out. That's a great call. If Josh McCown doesn't take a snap in week three, either he is a becoming a glorified quarterbacks coach or he is out the door to someone else. If I'm, if I'm Mike McCagney, you're spot on. And, um, we talked about this last week with Heath Cummings, but like it's the same thing. So you, if you, if you're watching the Browns running backs and you see Carlos Hyde get three carries on the first team and then they put him on ice, that means he's the starter. Like, like if you're out there getting the carries early on or getting the starts early on, it may vary how much time you're playing, but that means you're, if you're the first guy out there, that means they want you to be the starter. They are not letting Josh McCown sit down while Aaron Rodgers plays or Tom Brady plays, as you pointed out, um, because Josh McCown needs to be on ice. I, I think I'd like to see him call and J- Locker, Jason Lockerfour has kind of floated this on here. Call, if I'm Mike McCagnon, I'm calling Les Sneed. Hey, Les, uh, look. I'll make you a deal right now. You can give me a second round pick in 2020 for Teddy Bridgewater or give me a third or fourth round pick next year for Josh McCown. You got Jared Goff. Oh, you got Sean Mannion behind him. Get Josh McCown right now. Take McCown off my hands. He's your, he's your, he's your mentor. He's your backup. If, if something happens to Goff, he'll save you. He'll, he'll bail you out. Um, and then I roll into the, the, re- the regular season or the rest of the preseason with, Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater, and I'm looking to trade Teddy to someone who has a quarterback situation that goes sideways, like the Dolphins had last year, or like the Vikings had two years ago when Teddy Bridgewater, of course, got hurt, when oh. when when Ryan Tannehill got hurt, and you swing him for a first-round pick. I mean, there are a lot of teams potentially could have a sideways situation with the quarter at the quarterback position. Look at Denver. I mean, Case Keenum, you know, hasn't really he hasn't been lighting up preseason and training camp so far and clearly Paxton Lynch is the odd man now and then you got Kelly uh uh the who's playing pretty good football but he's been the talk of the town in that at that position I mean who knows what could happen Mm. there and then of course Seattle they're they're trying to find a backup to Russell Wilson so I think there are a lot of teams that will probably need some assurance at the quarterback position or, or as far as backups and you better believe the Jets will have opportunities and resources at their beck and call based on what happens this week in the preseason, in my opinion. Yeah, it wouldn't uh, – look, it, it's weird because there's a lot of good quarterbacks out there. Like not everybody – there's not any des- quarterback desperate teams, but a lot has – there's a lot of time left between now and, and, frankly, the trade deadline, which is how long you could hold Teddy. There's no – somebody's quarterback might go down – I mean, last year, if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and breaks his collarbone again and you can – Call the Jets and say, hey, look, we'll give you a second round pick next year for Teddy Bridgewater. Or they're like, hey, look, we'll give you that other first round pick. You know, we're trying to make a playoff run here. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not saying the Packers will do that, but those cases are out there. And so you have to, you have to be patient if you're the Jets, uh, but also willing to, to strike while the iron is hot. Okay. It wouldn't be, um, 
it wouldn't be appropriate if we didn't talk about the helmet rule some more. Oh my goodness. Well, it's, it's getting worse. It's, alright, so let me, let me ask you this. Alright. There's some theories out there that the NFL, and, and look, we saw the latest one and we'll talk about the roughing the passer crap too. Uh, the Vikings Jaguars game it was unbelievable, but there's a theory or two out there that the NFL has cranked up these helmet penalties to let people know what they can't do to try and scare players off. And then they're going to throttle it down once the season starts. Are you, do you believe that the NFL knows what it's doing? No, no, <laughs> I think that's a cover up to take <laughs> like some it. of the heat off of them and the officials. No, you don't just. When have you ever seen NFL football in the preseason call certain plays one way and do it totally different in the regular season? No, I'm only when they don't know what they're doing. Bingo. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding. They've been taking so much heat. And the issue has been for us as fans, you know, clearly when we watch the game together and we see a questionable call, Sometimes you can see why they call it that way, right? Sure. It's questionable, but I can see why they called it that way. Now we're getting to a point where they're just totally off. That that roughing the passer hit Minnesota, uh, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. I can't. I don't remember the the the, the, the linebacker. I'll tell you in right? a second. But the, the 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 quarterback was. I couldn't remember him on the uh, on the podcast on Monday either. I'll t- but I'll tell you who it is. <laughs> the, uh, the 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 line the quarterback in question was Cody Kessler. And he, yes. was, he was flagged for roughing the passer because he, um, did a thing where they like changed up the, uh, like they changed up the rule. It's the Aaron Rodgers rule. You can't drive into a player's body now. It was uh, Antoine Williams is who it was. Antoine Williams. Yeah. It wasn't a vicious hit, right? No. It was a nice tackle. But unfortunately, when you're tackling somebody and you're using all your weight to make sure you get these nice big quarterbacks down, you will fall on top of them, right? Yep. And it's your job as a defender to make sure you wrap up your ta- uh, wrap up the offensive player to make sure that you finish the drill. He did not dive him into the ground like we've seen in the past, right? Thanks. Granted, it was a nice tackle. So now you're telling me as a defender, once I wrap him up, just lay him down softly. But what happens if I'm leaving my feet to make sure I get there in time to make a play on the quarterback? What happens then? Because if you leave your feet, there's no way in the world – you can lay him down softly. Right. You can't, I mean, it's, here's the other thing too. The, the two rules that we're talking about right now, one, the helmet rule, which is you can't lead with your helmet, and two, this roughing the passer rule, which, um, basically they, the, the NFL refs came up with the, or the NFL came up, included in rule 12, that you can't stuff a quarterback, and that's the, in other words, drive him into the ground, and you have to lay your – you have to keep your body weight off of the quarterback. My problem with all of this, BMAC, and, and look, I didn't play professional football, um, but I, I look at what Richard Sherman said. I talked to – you know, I'm talking to you about this. Um, and, and having a basic freaking understanding of physics is that you can't stop yourself when you're moving at a really fast speed and control your body in the air. Like, the, he – Williams, Williams didn't stuff Kessler in the ground. If anything, he's like had his feet planted, didn't put his weight on the quarterback and was trying to make sure that as he tackled him, he didn't drive him into the ground. Now he might move a little bit, but you're, you're tackling another human being to the ground at, at a violent speed. It's, it's impossible to, it's impossible to, to, to keep everything in perfect form. And then there's another picture. Um, uh, I think it's Brett Tesler, uh, who, 
is a, an agent and was tweeted out. It, it sort of, you know, it sort of went uh, viral. The, the tweet he put out was, um, it's Raheem, uh, Mostert of the, uh, um, of the 49ers is going in to tackle a Texans player during their preseason game. And as he's running in, he, he drop, he drops his helmet, but he's dropping his helmet to lead with his shoulder. Like that's how you tackle. He's doing a form tackle. He's not dropping his helmet to, to like go in and spear the guy with his helmet. He's dropping his head and turning his head so he can tackle him. How many times did you tackle a guy with your shoulder and your face pointed straight forward? Like that doesn't happen, right? Exactly. My thing is this, the only option, uh, the only option I think for defenders, they got to tackle with their chest. <laughs> and if how, you have a quarterback, how do you, how do you, you gotta, you gotta lay him down like you laying a toddler down in bed. <laughs> but I mean, like, I mean, I mean, you're not, I mean, like you're joking, but, but kind of not. I mean, that's the problem. How do you, as a defender, as a, as a defensive back, how do you tackle a receiver who has possession of the ball and is running towards you with your chest? Because it's, that seems to me like, you can't. right. It's that, impossible. Like that's how you, that's how you either miss a tackle or get your neck snap back. And, and, and we're going to talk about this on HQ, but my personal opinion, because of the issues they're having and how they're trying to control the, the, the physical nature of the game, this, this entire ordeal will get a lot of coaches fired mm. and a lot of players cut. And I say that because Teams will lose ball games based on these plays. And we're seeing a lot of plays right now in preseason football on third downs where there have been clearly the wrong call. But what does that happen? What does that, how does that affect the play? It gives that opposing offense another opportunity, 15 yards and a first down. So this issue will sustain drives. And as a player, and I say players will get cut because you're going to either get fined a lot, you're going to get penalized a lot, Will will also lead to injections, and then after that, when you see what's going on with your teammates or with other guys that play the same position that you play around the league, now you're gonna you you're gonna be a bit passive. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you, look, like if you if you get fined a game check, that's your livelihood. Like you're like not everybody's making quarterback money in this league, right? No, will if you get him fined game check weekly, I'm talking about personal file fines. I know when I was playing, they were. They were just south of twenty thousand, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Like Fifteen thousand seven hundred seventy-eight or something like that. Yeah. Wow, you know the number. <laughs> I really, yeah, south yeah. south of twenty thousand. So now <laughs> I would imagine it's a little more. That's how much we get per podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Thank you, CBS. It's great. Yeah. That's, uh, why so, do you think I do it daily? That's, uh, I know, right? I need to get on your game plan. I need to be on more than once a week. <laughs> but uh, when you get in fine like that weekly, now as a player. You play safety. You see a post route coming. I'm just going to let them catch the ball and then try to make the tackle yep. instead of trying to get there at the same time to cause a, pl- a, a, a incompletion. I might as well just wait and let him gather himself and then try to make a tackle. But guess what happens then? That's going to sustain drives, and you're planning to get some of the best athletes in the world. If you allow them to gather themselves, they're going to put you in a highlight reel. Yeah, it's it's nuts, man. And uh, I, I mean, look, I – I don't, I don't want to, maybe, maybe this, maybe it sorts itself out by the, by the, by the regular season. I don't think that it will. I'm no, of the opinion that they're, the, here's a, the other problem too is that the other two problems with this, BMAC, is that one, they're trying, it's, it's, they're legislating intent into the, into this stuff because they are basically saying this guy's trying to go after somebody else with his helmet, even though it's just sort of a thing that happens as you're trying to make a tackle versus there have been cases where guys have, 
this preseason, guys have used the helmet as a weapon. And to me, that's what they need to take out of the game is don't let guys be flying around going helmet to helmet shots. Don't let guys be leading with the helmet, trying to use it as a weapon. Use the Danny Trevathan, Devontae Adams uh, example. Ideal example. Right. Like, like I'm not trying to say that Danny Trevathan's a bad person or a bad football player. He's not, but he was, he was using his helmet as a weapon in, in order to tackle somebody. That's different than leading with your helmet, in my opinion. It's too vague. And then the other thing that the NFL doesn't have, that college football does have, is a replay system for this. You have to be able to stop and say, all right, hold on. Was this a helmet? Was this a leading with the helmet hit that is worthy of a foul for 15 yards? And like you said, a new first set, a new set of downs, extending the drive, uh, giving this team that might have been losing a chance to now win the game. I mean, they, they have to figure out a way to, to get some sort of safety net in there because if they're, if these things are flying willy nilly once a regular season starts, it's going to be a disaster. I agree. And the replay should be something that should be a requirement with tough calls. I mean, what we're seeing right now, as far as fans, we're getting annoyed because if you're cheering for your favorite team and instantly your defense makes a big time third down stop, but then you see a, a penalty like roughing the passer, like we just explained, uh, uh, in the Minnesota Jacksonville game, yep. you're pissed off. Sure. I mean, why wouldn't you be? I'd be irate if I was a Minnesota fan. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> we're, it, it, we're mad too. I don't even say mad. We stopped talking. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're mad. And I wasn't rooting for either the Vikings or the Jaguars. <laughs> I yeah. was just like wanted, I was just watching good. I wanted to watch good football. I was just trying to sit at home and watch some football at one o'clock on a Saturday. And now they you know, now get this, this roughing the past stuff <laughs> popping up. So look, the NFL has got to fix this. Uh, and we got to get out of here. We ran, uh, we're not running long, but you got a uh, CBS sports HQ stuff. To yes, do. sir. Follow yes, Brian sir. McFadden at BMAC underscore sports talk on Twitter. Watch him on cbsportshq.com, available on all of your smartphone devices uh, and cbsports.com backslash live. Thanks, buddy. Uh, thank you again for having me.